Welcome to CYA with Rhonda. CYA means cover your assets, and Rhonda will help explain in today's show what that really means. The insurance industry has a lot of information as to what is covered and what's not. How do you put the pieces back together after a devastating loss? How do you know what the right coverage is? And if you're interested in the insurance field as a career, how do you get started? It's a lot to cover. So let's get started now. Here's your host, Rhonda Lukey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CYA with Rhonda. I'm Rhonda, and I'm here to help you cover your assets. Let's talk insurance. A little bit about me. Um, I've been in the industry for a little over 17 years. I've handled everything from little claims to large multi-million dollar claims, including catastrophe, litigation, um, special investigations. Prior to that, I worked for what I like to call the dark side. I was a paralegal working for a plaintiff's attorney. You know, you've seen those ads, have you been injured, call us. That was me. The highlight of that is I've seen both sides of the fence, people. Um, I like to, I do the show simply because I do like to help people. I've seen it from the carrier side and from the insured side. So I bring on guests that can help us out to get us as far as we can with our policies. And today joining me is Bob Thompson of TriTech Engineering. Hello, Bob. Good morning. How are you today? Marvelous, Bob. Do you have your coffee in hand? Because we're going to sit and chat like we did in the old days. <laughs> I got a nice warm cup of coffee ready to go. Awesome. People, I've known Bob for, I don't know, what, 15 years maybe? Uh, around there, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was trying yeah. to add it up myself. Yeah, let's not age ourselves, though. But truthfully, <laughs> Bob, Bob was one of the uh, very first engineers that introduced me to the world of engineering in my career. And he's been... It, I can't even tell you how valuable he is to me. He, he is a godsend. I've learned so much from Bob, and, and it has helped me help other adjusters, help homeowners. And that's why I brought him in today. Bob's been uh, in the business for a little over 35 years or somewhere about there. He is the he sits on the board of the directors for TriTech Engineering and is a principal owner. Um, he serves as the president director of engineering. Um, Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, you covered it. I, I don't like to gloat on myself, but um, oh, I've been, I've been <laughs> as you said, in the business. I think where I really got my start that helps me out with the um, investigative side that we do is that uh, when I was 30 years old, I, I got bored and I built my own house from the ground up. So I did everything in it. Uh, so I had exposure to every part of a house and, and uh, the electrical, the plumbing, the roof, everything else. So it gave me a real good understanding of how the whole systems work together. And so I coupled that with my engineering, uh, what I do, and it just took off that it was a, a natural to, to be doing these investigations. And, and it's perfect. And just so everyone knows out there, um, when you have a loss and an adjuster comes out and looks at it, if it's not an obvious reason what's caused the damage or caused the loss, we'll sometimes call in an engineer such as Bob. And as he said, you know, he can go out there and say, hey, look, you know, based on my knowledge, experience, skills, blah, blah, blah this is what caused the loss. And if he can't determine it, Bob, that's why I like to retain Bob on my losses. He'll point blank say we can't figure it out. Although I don't think I've ever had one you didn't figure out for me. I don't think I ever have. I There's only been a very few in my career that uh, we couldn't come up with some kind of... Uh, there, there's a, there's a, uh, 
there's a, a term out there called Oxum's razor. Now, Oxum's razor is, uh, it, it's known that if you're given a situation and something looks as being the obvious reason for it, for the event happen, it usually is that reason. Uh, so you just, uh, what we do is we go back and we reverse engineer anything that's happened and try to come up with why did it happen. Um, and again, and coupling that with, with good engineering practicality and experience. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do then, Bob. We're going to help out our listeners today. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, a few different things. We're going to talk about mold because, you know, that four-letter word everyone thinks is the other four-letter word in the insurance industry. Don't we always say that's the four-letter word, mold, the one we don't use? You know, it's bad. Anyway, we're going to talk about mold, uh, what causes it, some common areas you're going to find it in your house, how to prevent it. Uh, we're going to talk about some other interior issues that you're going to find in your house, um, sagging ceilings, flooring, um, we're going to see what we can get to on the exterior, some common um, things around there. Because even though you see this and say, that's not right, looks like we may have damage, doesn't mean it's covered, people. But we're going to hopefully help you prevent it and make a logical guess through your policy to say, should I turn it in, should I not, talk to your agent, that type of thing. Bob, talk to me first. Let's hit mold. What does mold, mold. need to grow? Yeah, mold, the bad word, the four-letter word. Yeah, um, mold... Let, let's let's go back to what mold needs three three components to live. Uh, it needs a food source, a water source, and it needs the right temperature source. And unfortunately, it likes the same temperatures that we do. Uh, that's what that's where it, it uh, grows and, and prospers, if you will. So whenever you're interested in mold, uh, there's food sources all over your house. Anything that's um, Organic, the the mold likes to to munch on. So the glues in your carpet, the the uh, paper on your drywall, um, and just about anything that that has a organic surface to it. So the food and the temperature is always there. So what you have to control is the water, uh, the moisture in the house, and that's when mold does take set. Is when moisture is available. And one thing that we have found is that. Other than a devastating fire, water is usually uh, on the top of the list of, of things that damage your house, and it comes mm-hmm. in many, many forms. Oh, yeah. Yes. Way too many, unfortunately, hence all the claims. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a broken pipe. It does not. Everyone thinks that's, oh, I won't have water damage if I don't have a broken pipe. No. And I think that's one of the first ones that you taught me, Bob, aside from our hail. Uh, one of the first ones you taught me was when I found mold and couldn't find, why is it just showing up in a corner or something like that? Help educate us. Well, um, what I have found in uh, throughout my career in a lot of houses that I get called in for mold, and you, you go up to the uh, top, the corners where the walls and the ceilings come together, and it's, it's uh, more than likely on an exterior wall. And... Um, a lot of those homes that I go in and I find that, what I find out is that they've got humidifiers built into their furnace system or they have a humidifier that's set up um, um, outside of the furnace just uh, pumping moisture into the air in the wintertime because it does get dry in the, in the wintertime, and that's where you get the electric shock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of yeah. people's, uh, their, their throats dry out. They get scratchy because there's not enough moisture in the air. So you do want to have mm-hmm. the right humidity in your space. But I go in these homes, and they're set too rich, and they're putting way too much humidity in the space. And so what happens is the humidity in the space, it, uh, it, it goes to any cold spots on the wall. And typically where we find these cold spots are in closets or they're, uh, like I said, where the uh, wall joins the roof. And why that's a cold spot is because if you climb up in your attic, you usually find out you don't have any insulation along those edges. Mm. And so it becomes a very, very cold spot, and then that moisture hits the dew point. 
what's the dew point? If you watch your news, uh, the, 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 your uh, weather uh, always tells you that, hey, we can have fog tomorrow morning or we can have whatever moisture, and they always tell you what the dew point is. Uh, dew point is the, the air holds a certain amount of moisture until it becomes saturated, and when it becomes saturated, that's called 100% relative humidity. And uh, we like to live, uh, what's where we as human beings are more comfortable is when, when the, the uh, relative humidity is around 50%. So when you put more moisture in the air than what the air can hold, it gets up to 50, 60, or 70% relative humidity. That's when it starts to condense out on your walls and, uh, again, on the cold spots in your closets and places like that. And that's where the moisture comes from. It just comes right out of the air. And, and you can picture it, people, just like you would if you took a, a can of pop out of your refrigerator and set it on your counter, how, how it starts, you know, you, you get the moisture out, the condensation on it um, as it, you know, enters the area where you have the heat, yada, yada. It's the same idea. You just have this moisture on your wall. That that, that, will, that's great. We call it the iced tea theory. Um, oh. <laughs> you got a glass of iced tea. Mm-hmm. The iced tea is not leaking outside of the glass. It's the condensation that's growing, uh, that's uh, um, being placed on the glass through this dew point. So. Well, you go with iced tea, I go with pop. I mean, we could have thrown in, like, vodka, but we'll, we'll move on from there. We'll go with the iced tea <laughs> theory for now, Bob. Okay. So we have the moisture on the walls, and and this is where you commonly find, and please stop me if I'm wrong on anything, Bob. This is where you commonly find, and with me, it was my closet. I have a master closet and yes. corner of my house. And, by yes. the way, yes. located where a downspout is <laughs> to add to it, um, to add moisture into the area into the ground but I, I it was a corner closet I keep it shut because I have a cat and she'll go in there and she'll hide and she'll pull down everything off the hangers so I'll leave the door shut so now I don't have any air circulating in there and yes I'm bad it's packed to the freaking ceiling uh, with stuff so it's not getting circulation I've shut the door I leave the light off I don't anymore I learned this stuff years ago um, and one day I went in there to pull something out I'm like why do I have mold on my wall? I mean, I didn't, nothing leaked there. What happened? And, and this is how probably I figured on the, this Probably on out. the boxes and on the clothes and everything else yes. that's uh, budding up, up, up against the wall. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was, and people don't try. Do not try, please. Mold is, people panic on it. And I'm not saying it's not a bad thing, but please don't try and salvage certain things that it's on. It's just not worth it. You know, I, I had a few of my uh, spouse's uh, hats. And I'm like, yeah, that's gone. We're not keeping that. <laughs> that's thrown away um anything like that just because i do think it just uh, it just continues to grow and and will spread um but help me out bob i know one of the other uh sources of moisture we get is uh um even if it's not from plumbing sources direct plumbing but exterior plumbing uh if you will being downspouts and how they go down into uh corners and areas of basements yeah, so the, the, you know, let's move from the upstairs to the downstairs, and you get into basements, and basements uh, typically you go around the, the base of the, um, the walls, and you'll find mold growing uh, from the carpet and things like that. Um, one of the major concerns uh, in basements is, is what we call hydrostatic pressure, and what hydrostatic pressure is is, is when it rains, and the water discharges off your roof through your downspouts. We find a lot of houses, the downspouts discharge right at the corner of the house. And the, uh, a lot of times the ground is not sloped properly, so when it hits there, it just uh, permeates into the ground. And uh, water is what they call, um, it seeks its own level. It's always trying to... Um, 
um, not not have a high spot and low spot. That's why water is a great thing to use for a leveling device. Nice. Um, Good but point. When it when it discharges off your roof at a concentrated area, it, it goes down and creates it mixes with the soils, and it creates a um, a wedge, if you will, of water pressure that pushes it in against the wall, and that water pressure is greater on the outside than it is on the inside, so it's going to try to force itself into the building, and uh, it gets into uh, the CMU blocks if they're not water. Uh, treated on the outside when they built the house it'll actually saturate the uh, the concrete and then you get water coming in from the outside through the wall sections um, again around the corners where your uh, where your walls meet your floors and you start it doesn't have to be a lot either it's just got to be moist something that mm-hmm. um, allows the, um, the the mold to take hold and have a, a water source for it mold doesn't need a lot of water it just needs some yeah. water it's not like you have to have a, a broken pipe or a flood, people. It really does not take much. We're talking about condensation that does this, and just it doesn't take hardly anything. Right, um, right. And in okay. this case, it's not really condensation. It's actually uh, it's, it's water pressure from the outside right. pushing in. Now, let's so. the hydrostatic pressure. And by the way, people, that word is probably in your policy, and the reason why I say probably, and with everything I say here as it relates to coverage, I cannot stress this enough. You don't find two insurance policies the same. I'm not saying that. I guarantee you can find two. But in general, people, just because your neighbor has it covered and they have the same carrier that you do, that does not mean yours is covered. Um, While we're talking about mold, let me just give a overall bob on mold for everybody here. Um, In a base policy for homeowners or commercial, and again, I'm just saying in general, the most common we find, and chances are, it's not covered unless... It's caused by a covered cause of loss. I'll get to that in a second. But it's not going to be covered unless you purchase additional coverage for mold. So generally, it's not covered in your policy. So just know up front, probably not unless you purchased additional coverage. And then even if you purchase additional coverage, it's generally limited to five or 10000 15000 20 whatever you purchase. So this is something to look at. But the big thing here is that it's caused by a covered peril. Covered meaning, okay, we had a fire, so the firemen come out, put out with water. What happens when you can't clamp the water right away? Yes, you get mold. Okay, but the covered perils fire, so therefore we're going to cover the mold ensuing. Now, what Bob's talking about here where we have this condensation, that that's not a covered peril in um, your policies. So the molds we're talking about here are commonly not covered under your policy. But that's why we're going to run through these so you're not turning claims that won't be covered. You can look for this stuff and figure out how to prevent it. So let's go back now that I took us all out of there, Bob. Go back to this basement. We've talked about how we can get mold in a basement. Um, Let's talk about some other areas of the house. Bathrooms. Uh, Bathrooms. A lot of times, uh, and I find this on houses that are uh, either basements or crawl spaces. Um, uh, You might even have it on slab on grade, but it's hidden because it's under the slab. But a lot of times your your fixtures, they just get old. Um, The the drains on them, uh, the, the seal dries out for some reason. Uh, The pipes just become old and they start leaking. Um, I had one probably about two years ago where uh, in a crawl space where the water pipe that was feeding the the upstairs, a a joint came loose and it created a very, very fine mist of spray. 
sprayed up against the floor joists, and uh, basically it was unbeknownst to the owners because this is something, it's not a big pipe break, it's something that's mm-hmm. just spraying out a, a mist, and it, mm-hmm. it's saturating everything around it. And before they found it, when they found it, uh, they started opening up their closets and stuff in the bathroom, and all the surface areas inside that did not get the ventilation that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. uh, in their closet, it was all just black. Uh, talking about there's mold oh, uh, down in the crawl space. All the, the floor joists were just uh, were covered with black and green slime. Um, and um, so it, That again, wasn't one of mine, was it? <laughs> That no, wasn't that one of yours. Is is actually uh, close close to me here, oh. um, um, but uh, but there there's a case where you have a a leaky pipe that you just can't find. You don't even know it's there because it's so fine. It's it's not like your water pressure is is suffering and you're not your water bills aren't exorbitant. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just spraying out this fine mist, and it could have been doing that for years uh, now, before it was found. That. Yeah. Now let's talk um, about that. As it pertains to your policy, people. There's a portion in your policy that says, um, and again. These are the generals and the most common. Please read your policy or check with your agent. But there's part in your policy that says, we do not cover damage caused repeated leakage, seepage from a plumbing system if it occurs for 14 days or more, or more than 14 days. Um, so if you have this pipe that you didn't know was leaking for six months, because it's just a slow drip, 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 has now caused this, you may not have coverage. However, I have seen recent endorsements in the last few years that have come out um, because that is common, Bob, and you know that, 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 that people don't realize it until it's too yes. late. Um, more endorsements have come out uh, with certain wording that says, however, if it did happen like this, but you were totally unaware because it was hidden in the ceiling, floors, wherever, and you crawl couldn't space. see it, yeah. and crawl space, yep, it, then, okay, we'll cover it. Again, mold is tricky. Generally not covered. However, it can be covered if you purchase the additional coverage, but there's those, you know, what caused it, how do we know about it, that type of thing. We got two minutes left, Bob. Talk to me. Attic. Well, um, attics, um, what we find in attics, I found uh, two or three cases that I've had to look at where I found uh, one was the... um, this is a great one. Uh, we had somebody had a new roof put on their house, and when the contractor came up and put the new roof on, there was a uh, an opening in the roof that was originally there for the flue of the furnace. And then when they put the new roof on, all of a sudden the um, um, you're getting mold and stuff that's inside the um, attic. Uh, in fact, it is the, the the moisture is so thick inside it is raining inside, so you're getting water damage now on your ceiling. And what happened was that the the pipe that they connected the flue back up when they put the new roof on came disconnected, and they were discharging the flue gases directly into the uh, into the attic. So oh, when no. you burn natural gas, the two main combustion components of natural gas is CO2 and H2O. So when it, so it's moisture rich, the the effluent is, and so it comes up there, hits the cold surface of the roof in the wintertime, and it just turns to water and it drips right back down. Oh. Uh, the other thing that I have found multiple times is uh, people have their fans in their bathrooms uh, that's supposed to be discharged outside, and they just discharge them right up into their attic. So you can that's imagine you got I a fan saw. going. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're taking a shower and you got the fan on, you're just taking all that moist air and you're dumping it right into the attic. It's hitting the cold surface of the of the uh, roof and condensing, and then just dripping right back down. Okay. And, and then, uh, there again, people. Then, what what was your cover? I mean, what's the cause of loss there? It's maintenance that fell uh, down, maintenance, or you know, maintenance, uh, yeah, and the, and the, the, the resulting damage one is mold, I talked about, not covered. Yeah, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. The, I think we, we cut in and out there, but I think that's because I'm also watching my time and I okay. think we're about ready to wrap it up here real quick for just a break, people. Um, so if we could, I want everyone to sit tight, maybe grab another cup of coffee, because look, we've already learned some causes of the mold and how you can prevent them. So grab your coffee, come right back with us on CYA with Rhonda on Voice America in just a second. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back with us and listening in. Um, I'm here with my guest, Bob Thompson with TriTech Engineering. And Bob has been helpful in telling us what causes mold in a house, some common ways you get mold in the house. And uh, now that we know how to prevent them, we want better ventilation. Bob, hello. You came back hello. with me, didn't you? <laughs> See, he did. I didn't scare him off yet, people. Um, <laughs> and after, after what, I think 15 years we've known each other, if I haven't scared you off by now, I... You know, some of it's on you, Bob, let's be honest. If you hung around this long, part of it's got to be on you. Anyway, um, uh, Bob was telling us uh, different places that we can find mold. Um, we know the causes of mold. You have to have a food source. You need a uh, moisture source and, and uh, temperature. And this will help grow mold. We were talking when we left off, Bob. You were helping us out about attics. 
and yes, um, yes. yes, stuff happens with bathroom vents that get vented right into the attic because why not put the moisture directly in there? I'm sure it wouldn't be a problem, right? No, that, that kind of, that's a big problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah the the yeah. other thing that I have found just uh, in relationship to your uh, your uh, uh, fans, bathroom fans, is that um, I have been in attics where your duct work, it's flexible duct, it comes up, and then it, they try to get it to an outside eave or something, and so then it goes down lower, runs across the ceiling, and then runs up before it gets exhausted out. Well, all you're doing there is creating a trap for water to gain, to grow in, to, because there's no way that the water, once it condenses in, can get out of there. And then that oh, flexible cool. duct creates a leak in it, and then all of a sudden you've got a roof leaking going, where'd that come from? Um, or a ceiling, oh, like cool. I should say. Um, so yeah. I've seen that a few times. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Other, other areas that I see frequently is just from improper flashing um, around um, chimneys, uh, any kind of openings you have in your roof. And a lot of houses, they, they've got openings for vents and um, um, discharge from your, your flues on your furnaces. Um, your, um, all your sanitary's got to have a, mm-hmm. a, a your drain. Your soil pipes um, and such. The soil mm-hmm. pipe, yeah, the, uh, the vent for your soil pipe. So you got a lot of penetrations on your roof, and each one of those has to be sealed properly. A uh, common area that we find uh, of leakage is on your sanitary pipes, the boot that goes around there. You, that's, a, that's a $10 item you buy from your mm-hmm. hardware store. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's real easy to install. It's got to go under the shingles on the top side and above the shingles on the bottom side. But that boot where it fits around the pipe itself, if the pipe is not nice and clean, a good PVC pipe or, uh, or a, a steel pipe that's got a nice, clean, smooth surface, uh, that boot really doesn't uh, hold attached to it. And as water drips when it rains, mm-hmm. water floats down that pipe, it'll get underneath that seal, drip in, and then it'll get on your, in your uh, attic. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, added a the personal story. Um, please, just happened. please. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, please, give us the scoop, Bob. Yeah, yeah, personal Your story's story. This always just happened, good. <laughs> this just happened uh, to me. Uh, the house I live in now, we've lived in for uh, about seven years. And when we bought it, the previous owners had just put a brand new roof on it. Uh, probably got it from a hailstorm that happened in, okay. in our area. Well, you know they did for one, but two, oh my God, I don't know if I'd ever want you to come look at a house I'm trying to sell. You want to, people, <laughs> could you imagine Bob coming to your house because you want to sell it and he's going to list 27 items in the first two minutes of, you know, engineering of here's this going on here, this going on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I, I try not to do that. Um, uh-huh, I, sure. So, anyways, yeah, I, I my wife and I were pulling into the uh, the driveway this about uh, probably a month or two ago, and because I do have done uh, thousands thousands of roof inspections, my eye always looks at the roofs every time I drive down a neighborhood. My wife's looking at the front Ooh. doors or the bushes or something. I look at the roofs. I think every um, engineer, contractor, yeah. and adjuster. And that is just just because. So I'm pulling in my own driveway and I look up on my roof and I'm making a comment to my wife about how nice the roof looks and right next to my chimney I notice a little depression I'm on the street and I can see a little depression on uh, the the uh, the the roof and I said we got a leak on our chimney and I could tell from being on the street so I I get up on the roof and check it out and sure enough when they put the new roof on they didn't counter flash the chimney properly they didn't counter flash at all so in a chimney, you got flashing that flashes the roof to the, um, it, it turns up to the chimney, but then mm-hmm. you put a piece of flashing from the chimney that covers the, the that's why it's called counter flashing, so mm-hmm. that the water drips down and it and 
goes past this flashing. They did not counter flash mine properly, and it had come loose. And now I'm getting all this water coming down from my chimney and getting into, and so now I've got one panel that I know before I sell my house, whenever that is, I have to get up there and replace that because a building inspector, a home inspector, is going to find it. Um, yeah, so probably it's just, not. Let's be honest. How many of these have we seen, Bob? <laughs> they don't always. I'm, I'm the perfectionist. You know, I'm, I'm the guy yep. who would have gone up there and said, "Look, you had a chimney leak. Look at that." Mm-hmm. Um, and he can so, anyway, from his driveway. Um, I love you. That's just that's yeah. just priceless. So um, your flashings, uh, your and openings like that. So any place the rain can come in. One thing, um, and, and as you're aware of, Rhonda, when I'm doing the hail inspections on the roofs, that's yeah. another show. Uh-huh. But um, people oh, yeah. always, com- a lot of people complain that I've got a water leak in my house, and uh, myself and the other engineers that work with me, we are not satisfied until we find the source of the water leak. And um, a lot of times it's just improper installation from the contractor who put in the roof system. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it just, and then that's typically and not covered by insurance because it's called constructability. And yep. uh, and then the yep. contractor's got to come out and fix it or the homeowner's got to deal with it. Exactly. Now, and I can't stress this enough to you, we got spring coming around the corner here, people. Okay, I don't care where you're at in our country. We got spring around the corner. You know it's going to pour rain. Um, please, please. It, it, do you know how much? Okay, how much is your deductible? For less than your deductible, you can get a well-known, reputable contractor out there and say, "Can you do me a favor? Will you go up on my roof and just make sure I have everything sealed down? I don't have any areas, you know, of flashing that are of concern, and and you know, is there anything missing? You don't have to get up on there, but for what it would cost you for your deductible, get somebody up there, do some basic maintenance to prevent these problems, so you're not turning in a claim that may not even be covered. There's my spiel. Okay, <laughs> I get I get on that just because I and I admit it I'm a homeowner, um, but prior to being in insurance, I wasn't great on my maintenance. Once I got into it and realized how easy it was to do the maintenance to prevent the problem, yeah, I harp on it a lot now. All right, hey Bob, absolutely, let's talk about and a big one there, Rhonda, is clean your gutters. Oh my gosh, because yes. an, another place that we find is that your gutters uh, will get uh, inundated, clogged up, so they don't even drain down through the downspouts. But then that water builds up, and if you see water overflowing on the front of the gutter, unbeknownst to you, it's also overflowing on the back side of the gutter. And when it overflows uh-huh. on the back side of the gutter, it gets into your fascia and your soffit. And then once water gets in there, it flows until it finds a way to relieve itself down, because water flows down. And sometimes uh-huh. that will get into um, and give you the, the leaks that you find in the corners of your uh, rooms, um, you know, why do I have a water leak there? Uh, check your gutters. And and seriously, I, I can't tell you how many houses I've been to. You know people don't clean their gutters, and I'm not, you can't make this stuff up, and you've seen them too, Bob. How many times have I sent you pictures ahead of time saying, hey, I need to confirm what I think the cause of loss here is? And I've sent you pictures with like a six-inch tree from the gutter, growing yep. from the gutter. Because you I see it all the time, seeds. absolutely. <laughs> So you know they haven't been cleaning their gutters, people. And, yeah, that's going to cause a problem. Aside from the fact the weight of it is going to pull it down. Exactly Um, right. And then that just exacerbates the problem because Mm -hmm. once it starts pulling down, it opens up that joint between the gutter and the fascia. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it it just allows more water to leak in there. Exactly. And, again, that's just a basic maintenance. For the cost of your deductible, get somebody out there, people. Do some basic maintenance. Um. We hit the outside of the house, Bob. Let, let's talk about some interior issues. And okay. uh, what do we? Let's talk about. You want to do ceiling? Let's talk about ceilings. That's a common one I see. Ceiling sagging. Um, 
ceiling saggings, the, uh, again, if moisture gets up there and weakens the ceiling, it's going to pull it down. But I have investigated no less than a dozen claims. And when I walk in, the ceiling is sitting on the couch um, and it's falling through. And, and, just yep. and every one of those that I've inspected mm-hmm. has been caused because they had radiant heat in their ceiling. And what radiant heat is, is you got, uh, basically, you put electric wires that route um, heating wires, and you sandwich it between two layers of drywall. So you've got your main layer of drywall that creates your ceiling, and then they, they come in and they put the wires, and then they put another layer of drywall um, on top of the, the first layer of drywall. And the anchors that are holding that first layer of drywall were never designed to carry the load of a second layer of drywall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. over the years, your all houses vibrate. Every time you open a door, the furnace kicks on, the water, whatever, but it creates vibrations in your house. So your house is always moving, if you will. So with the ceiling and the heavy load that's on there, the day they put it up, it looks good and it's going to stay there. But you come in two or three or four years later, and those those uh, nails and screws have worked themselves loose, and mm-hmm. it gets to a point of uh, failure where all of a sudden the entire ceiling just falls down because it can no longer carry it. Mm-hmm. So I've had that's, a handful of those in my career. I actually yeah, have. Yeah. Um, and each time I've put in generally a call to Bob um, for a two-second, hey, Bob, is is this this? And a picture, and he's like, yep, this is what's the, yeah. Send him out, and sure enough, it is. Haven't yeah, been that the, many, but yeah, through, through 17 years, I've seen a handful of them as well. The, um, the building code's I, clear on how many anchors you have to have and what the proper spacing and what the proper uh, length of them are. And uh, mm-hmm. every time that I've found the situation, the ceilings have not been installed properly. And again, goes back to your policy coverage. You know, again, you have to look at your policy people, but when it's, and, and this would, this is a whole nother show if I wanted to get into that part deeper, but just so you have a heads up, people, what you're looking for when you're, when you have drywall that's sitting on your floor for no reason from your ceiling, or at least for no reason from your point of view going, why did this just fall? And it's caused by something, as Bob explained, your carrier may consider it collapse. May. It depends on what state you're in. Depends on your carrier. Depends on case law. And if so, then they look at it. Is there coverage for sudden accidental collapse? Is this considered collapse? Most policies define collapse as an if it's collapsed, it has to be an area that you cannot live in. Um, it, again, well, if your drywall ceiling comes down, pick up the drywall. You can still live in the living room. Less pretty, but you can still live in it. So it may not be considered collapse. Depends on how much comes down, how bad it is, where it's at in the house, the state, and everything. But again, these are parts where you're going to want to talk to your agent first to tell them what's going on um, and talk to the carrier. They could be, could not be covered. Who knows? Um Talk to me one second on this one, Bob, because this is one I, over in a little town down the road from me, I found this a lot because the houses were older and had all plaster. They're all plaster inside, not drywall. Um, That was when I learned what keys were, not the things that turn on your car or open the door to your house. Keys are something different than plaster. Did not know until then. And I've had a ton of drywall come, or I'm sorry, plaster come down due to those. Yeah, but uh, again, it's age and uh, failure. You're talking houses that are usually 50, 60, 70 years old, uh, where, you, where you find the plaster uh, before uh-huh. gypsum came on board and became the, the miracle construction material. Uh-huh. And uh, so the, the keys that lock into, that you put into to hold them up, they, they start to fail also. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just, again, uh, I go back to what I said earlier about all houses have vibrations. And so all these vibrations go in and it just, uh, over the years, they fatigue these keys and they, they just give way and fall. Yep. 
and so, and again, not as common anymore. I, I think, well, it depends on what area you're in and, and if they're older homes. But you don't find it unless you have the older home, you know, the 50-year-old home correct, and such. Right. And generally, somebody's had something done to the house by then, revamped it, and you don't have as much. But it still happens out there. Um, we've got another couple minutes before we need to wrap this up. Let's give them something else to chew on a little bit on this uh, on the interior. What about floors, Bob? Well, floors, that's um, always something good. Uh, what I, Lots of different flooring types. I've been in homes, brand new homes, that they've got uh, ceramic tile floors down, and they'll have a crack that goes all the way across the center of a bathroom, and it just takes a spectacular living space, and now it turns to crap because you've got this ceramic floor with a crack. Uh, ceramic needs to be, anytime you put in ceramic floors and other flooring materials, you got to make sure that your, your under flooring, your subflooring is correct. Um, all that requires a cementious board or something that is put down first and what your flooring then floats on that material. And uh, the, the couple houses that I'm talking about didn't have the cementious board underneath it. They put it right on the slab. And then the slab moves, again, from vibrations, from um, expansion contractions due to heating and cooling seasons or whatever you have. And if the floor moves, you lose your floor. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that's, uh, I've seen separations. Um, older homes, again, on crawl spaces, they get moisture. Let's go back to the moisture issue. Um, uh, moisture is not just mold. It actually um, decays the houses. I've been in several yes. houses where the it's on a crawl, crawl space and they've got piers that uh, hold up the beams, and the piers in the middle of the house just settle, um, especially if you get moisture in the basement. Mm-hmm. The moisture gets saturated, and then the weight just pushes it down, and so all of a sudden you've got, you're walking through your, from your kitchen into your dining room, and your floor has got a big sag in it, and you crawl down in the crawl space, and you find the pier has uh, basically started to settle because of the, so much moisture is down there. Yeah, and and so yeah. now you're looking at settlement, which in the now let's go back to the policy. So let's do we have back, coverage yes. there? Yeah, do we have coverage? Uh, likely not. Again, every policy typically not for settling. That's correct. Yeah, but in their settlement of foundations, that's that's not covered. Um, so the way to prevent that, going back to the other that I've harped on, maintenance. No, nobody likes to go in their crawl space. I'll be the first one to admit that. If you don't, then find somebody to go in there for you. Why? Because they can see if, you know what, hey, maybe your downspout was down um, and you're getting moisture in one corner. It's adding to the soil. Now it's, you know, sinking, settling down. Check your basements. What else can they do in there to, to look in there, Bob? To, uh, Again, it's, it's, it's moisture is typically what gets in there and, and starts all this. Um, and when you're looking at moisture, I'll give you a, a, okay, another personal story here. Please. Um, I had my the previous house that I moved out of before I moved in the one I have now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the house that I built, uh, the house that Bob built. Um, <laughs> sitting there in my living room like one that. day. We can and make a TV show out of that, the house that Bob built. <laughs> sure, like you're it. right there with Chip and Joanna. I'll be right there with uh-huh. them. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting in my Lazy Boy in TV, and I'm hearing this drip, 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 and I have no clue what it is. And, and <laughs> you walk around, and you can't see anything dripping. Uh, finally, I get down in my crawl space, and what I had discovered was that the uh, condensate pan for my air conditioning system had built up an algae uh, inside, and this is common. 
Um, so there, it, the, um, the, the drain pan was not draining properly to the, to the uh, sewer system. And uh, it was, I'm going to, you have to pardon me here for saying this, but it was like a glob of snot was inside the pan blocking the drain tube. Uh, to oh. let the thing drain properly. This is algae. Yeah. This algae grows inside uh, your coils, and if you don't get your coils um, and your pan clean, which most people don't, because I didn't. Um, mm. and, and, this, this, and this is Bob we're talking about, people. He's going to be up on your maintenance and do their stuff. Yeah, so Same as me, all I my had bagels. To, don't all do as we do, do, do as we tell you. I'm sorry, Rhonda. I keep walking on you. No, I'm um, sorry. You're fine. All I had to do was uh, take off the drain port and run. Uh, I took a, a clothes hanger and went in there and just scooped the stuff and, and cleaned it out, put it back together, and my problem went away. But oh, the question nice. is, how long was it dripping like that before I found it? Because then all the insulation and the duckboard and everything else underneath it mm-hmm. was starting to get this mold because it was yep. a moisture source that I didn't have. So um, uh, once again, and going back to that, same house this is again learning from fire here or from water i should say uh when i first built the house i couldn't keep my crawl space dry it was wet all the time and i couldn't figure it out that's when i went to my downspouts that i talked about earlier i got Mm a uh, ditch witch and i cut a channel out in my yard that went out 10 feet and then i connected the pipe underground and ran it and, and pulled that water away from my house pulled it out 10 feet before discharge, and uh, I never had a wet crawl space after that. Oh, nice. So it's, it's... I think you'll be over at my house Saturday, check out my place, give me some helpful hints, <laughs> right? Yeah. When the, here's the thing. You. When, when you get into the stuff, you find out it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's no, like the aha moment. basics, that moistures you know? are evil. I'll tell yeah, you what, so, um, we're going to take another short break here, um, and when we come back with Bob, I think... I hate to open up this can of worms, Bob, because there's just way too much information to give people. But with spring around the corner, I just want to touch on it slightly about hail. Shh. Let's not, oh, what not the... say it too loud. I know. Okay. I know. But we'll be right back for more CYA with Rhonda on Voice America. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CYA with Rhonda. To reach Rhonda Lukey or her guest today, you're welcome to call in to the live program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Want to drop us an email instead? Send it to CYA with Rhonda at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We're speaking today with my guest, Bob Thompson from TriTech Engineering, superstar engineer and all-knowing man. He found a leak in his chimney from his driveway. So, you know, if you can spot that, you're my god. When we left off, um, I want to tell you, we wanted to come back to hail, but Bob pointed out to me there's a few more tips we want to give you of things to look for in your house that are pretty common that, you know, we want you to be aware of, what you can maybe do to prevent it, and, you know, is it something that's concern of coverage? Do you need to turn it in? Bob, when we uh, took a quick break, one of the big ones, and, and I do multiple, multiple states, but one of my favorite states to work in is Texas, because Texas is all frail and clay. That's all they have out there. God forbid should it just be nice, loose soil. It's all clay. That um, creates foundation issues. Bob, help me out. Explain our foundation issues and what happens and what we can look for. Yeah, because we have a fair amount of clay up here also. And, oh, yeah, uh, Ohio. I lied. We're clay, yeah, too. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the problem with clay is um, clay takes on its own life based upon its moisture content. So when, when clay is, um, you, you think about your Play-Doh that you let your kids play with. It, it dries out, uh, you know, you leave it out, and it becomes hard and crusty, and, and it creates cracks, and, you know, it, it, it's smaller than what it was when there's moisture in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Take that and compound it with the clay that's under your house. What happens when they build a house uh, they'll whatever the conditions are when they build it. That's what you have as your base. Uh, so sometimes there's moisture in your clay, sometimes there's not. And they put a spread footer down. And what spread footer is 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 exactly that. It spreads around the perimeter of your house, and it's sitting on what's called bearing soil. And that bearing is got a lot of clay in it, and the clay dries out. Then it creates stress because the concrete's got nothing to support it now. Uh, because it's, it doesn't have the, the, the base that it started with. So mm-hmm. you go through seasons of uh, uh, when spring when it's nice and wet, and then you go into August, September when it's dry. Your mm-hmm. clay will get wet, and it'll get dry. It'll get wet, and it gets dry. And what happens is it expands and it contracts as it goes through these cycles. So every time it goes through the cycles, it's putting that same stress on your uh, concrete foundation. So if you go out and you start seeing cracks in your foundation, then you know that it's not being supported properly from underneath. And, uh, and again, if we get in a period where there's extensive drought, which we have frequently in Ohio, um, September, August, September time frames, um, we just don't have that, that nice rain, your, your foundation, the, the clay will dry out and then you start to lose it. One of the ways that you can prevent that is put a sprinkler, um, a, what we call a trickle hose, uh, around your perimeter in those times of drought. Uh, turn that on and let water come out and trickle down and, and keep, the, uh, 
keep the area around your foundation nice and moist so it doesn't go through the shrinkage. And that's perfect, so, perfect. Because I actually had a colleague told me uh, when Texas had their huge drought years ago, um, the agents were actually calling the insured saying, hey, take the hose, go outside your house, get your soil, you know, by your foundation, loosen that up some, uh, get it moist so you're not, you know, we're in a drought, but it'll help prevent the foundation cracking. Yeah, and another way that you can do that is if you've got uh, um, landscaping around your perimeter, keep um, mulch on it and keep the mulch wet, and that'll keep that uh-huh. clay from drying out. So again, I didn't know that one. Pro- yeah, you just got to you, you just got to provide enough source on there so that you're not having the uh, the ground dry out. But now so. think about this, people. The whole idea is to get the ground moist so it doesn't dry out. But think about how you're, how you're, um, help me, you're grading to your house. If, the if grading, you're trying yeah, to, another, yeah. Because yeah. if it's the, grading yeah, towards your grading, house, go ahead, Bob. The, the grading is, is, you know, it's got to be right, but if it's, if it's too, if your grading is, is too flat, then you end up with all the other problems we talked about with hydrostatic pressure and, and uh, getting drainage inside your house. Uh, so you want a one or two percent grade outside your house so that it pulls the moisture, but it doesn't it doesn't make it run off. It, it permeates down the ground, but it runs off. Mm-hmm. We don't have the option when we buy houses what the grading looks like. Typically, we buy the houses; it is what it is. Yep. Um, yep. But if you'll notice around most houses, the uh, they'll they'll create swales that um, that'll up next to the house it'll drop off a little bit go into a swell so you can get the runoff mm-hmm. but that still allows the permeation into the ground to keep your the, the, the ground moist but not saturated exactly so, it, so if you're in a drought I just want to caution people because I can picture it happening you know it will Bob you're in a drought and someone says you know what I heard on this show that we could just take the garden hose and flood our area here and it'll be fine <laughs> first of all I'm not talking flood your area okay and and this is something that I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, you want to have it continually moist in a slow area. I mean, you don't want to wait, and it's it's been completely dry for two weeks, nothing, and then you're going to dump 500 gallons of water on it. No, yeah, no, you want to you want to do it slowly. That's not right. going to happen. Yeah, that's it, it, you're going to cause way more problems. So it's something you really have to stay up on top. That's of. why, right? That's why I called it a trickle hose. I've, you know, we got mm-hmm. them out on our landscape. You turn them on, and they just kind of ooze out. Um, they don't really spray out, so it's a slow, controlled um, drain problem or mm-hmm. drain issue answer. Yeah. So let's talk about um, there's the hail I promised everybody, but there's one more thing I at least want to hit on for sure, um, being ice damming. Yes. Most people don't understand what causes ice damming. I can tell you, people, it's most policies do cover it, but people panic that they need a new roof due to it. Help us out, Bob. You want to explain that? Yeah. Ice damming occurs uh, typically around the, the first three foot of your eave. And uh, what happens is that uh, you've got your overhang, you've got your soffit that is, um, if you will, colder than the roof above it. And so uh, you're, you're, you're always losing heat out of your house, and that, that heat rises up, goes through your ceiling, gets into your roof, and uh, your, your roof is at a different temperature over the house than it is over the soffit. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? They yep, say yep. ice freezes on bridges before the roadway. Same concept. That's because air runs under the bridge and makes the uh, the bridge colder than the road that's uh, abutting mm-hmm. it. So, so where you what have happens your overhang is, is where you're you're going to freeze. That's exactly right. And that's, so what happens is the water, the the snow on your roof will start to melt, and it'll run down, and then it hits that cold spot and it refreezes. 
and it creates this ice dam. And then as it continues to do that, then it finally gets to a point where the water backs up. It starts to, it'll drain down, get hit by this dam, and then it starts going back up, and it goes under the shingles. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets under the shingles, it gets to the, the decking, and then it gets down into the soffit and sometimes into the, uh, the living space because it drips mm-hmm. down, you know, however big your soffit is. So they've got a material out there that's called um, ice guard that uh, you put under the shingles and you go up at least three foot off the eave with it. And that gives you that first three foot of protection. So if that moisture gets up under there, it hits that ice guard and it drains right back down under the shingle but above the roof. Mm-hmm. And that's code pretty much, and I'm saying just in general from the states I've worked, I've seen that as code pretty much everywhere I've worked. It's, um, it's code for houses that have uh, less than a 412 pitch. So it's just smart to use it regardless. Okay, but then I'm it's, it's, generous people and I give it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would use it. I mean, I, I always it. put it, every house I do, um, I, I I say that I don't. I'm getting too daggone old to, to roof houses anymore. But if I'm roofing a house, I always put down the the, the ice guard just because. Yeah. And it's so um, it's just it's, it's so daggone cheap and gives you so much more insurance. And I don't mean mm-hmm. the type you buy. I mean it, it ensures that your house is is uh, waterproof, if you will, at those areas. So it's yeah. just a good thing to do. No, I agree, and, and that's something you want to. Um, whenever you have your roof done, then because you know I, here I was saying it was code. CSY rely on Bob and he's going to tell me or my contractors will and then we have to look it up but uh, the majority of houses I have worked with um, and buildings it's been code in the areas I've seen uh, you know I can't recall if it's because it was under a 412 I don't know but it's big it protects the house whatever you do use ice guard um, yes. we really only have about three minutes left so we really can't tell you too much about hail because I wow that's a whole nother three hour show but but I do want to touch on a couple things, and this is what I did promise Bob I would tell everybody about hail. First of all, Bob, do you promise to come back and do one more show for me about hail? Sure. Because that's so huge. I love you. You're awesome. I just, now, having well, said that, pay. You're paying well, so I'm, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I pay you, what, 50 grand a show? Or something? I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it is a show that I want everyone to listen in on. But I promised Bob I would tell everybody this, since we didn't get to touch on hail. There is one very, very, very important thing about hail you need to know. If you don't have it, it wasn't Bob's fault. He says there's no hail. It's not his fault. It just really wasn't there. And uh, I I can't tell you enough because we do have spring season coming around. And uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, get some other information for you because I do know there are states out there where hail is extremely important because there are matching issues to your house. What if you only have hail to, you know, the backside of the siding or only on half the roof? And is it possible to only have it on half the roof? And, oh, Bob, where can we go with hail? There's so um, it's like you said, there, when you look at a roof, just in general, uh, there are a lot of what we call blemishes. I have uh, yet to be on a roof that did not have some kind of blemishes, and the question is what caused the blemishes. And there are so many. That's, that's the next show. I can get into what all yep. the different types of blemishes and how they go like that. Yep. But the, the, um, the problem we come into on roofs is that um, hail doesn't always cause the same damage to roofs that are next door to each other because it comes down to how the roof was installed, what the strata is underneath it, um, how good the, the system the is that you have, age of the roof. Mm-hmm. There are so many factors involved with it that you can't sit there and say, my neighbor got a new roof, therefore I need a new roof. Oh, that's so, we can end it right a, there. I'm going to stop you right there, Bob. Oh, I'm getting going now. 
Oh, and this is why you're coming back to inhale show. But you left it with my perfect phrase. If anyone, if you ever turn to claim for hail and you tell your adjuster, but I need a new roof. My neighbor got one. I promise you it doesn't say that anywhere in the policy. So don't tell your adjuster. Right. That's right. That's right. But I'll tell you what. We will have Bob back. We're going to do a show just about hail because it's extremely important so you know to identify it whether or not you need to turn in a claim, so on and so forth. Um, but I want to thank everyone for listening in. And please join me next week um, on CYA with Rhonda for some more fun-filled insurance info. And, Bob, I cannot thank you enough for being a guest on the show. It's been a pleasure. I adore you, Bob. All right. Everyone, have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week on CYA with Rhonda. Thank you for tuning in this week for CYA with Rhonda. Please join your host, Rhonda Lukey, again next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time as we talk insurance again on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, stay safe.